Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, we're going to be discussing narcissistic positioning. So narcissistic positioning is when a narcissistic perpetrator meticulously places themselves in a position of authority, a position of power, and then uses this position as leverage to manipulate, to subdue, to bully, uh, to trap, or to coerce victims into compliance and servitude. Now, this is something that happens on all levels. It happens both in the family, on the micro, and then in leadership positions, uh, really every element of life. So in today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about how narcissistic perpetrators do this, how do they position themselves in key places of power, both, like I mentioned, on the micro and family units, and then on the macro and communities, and even globally. Uh, We're going to discuss why they do this, what are the secondary gains of being able to narcissistically position themselves, and then we're also going to be talking about uh, the extreme toll this takes on victims, both interpersonally uh, and ultimately on society as a whole. And finally, I'm going to give some tips on how to deal with people uh, who position themselves in this way, how to deal with the situation where you are finding yourself a victim of narcissistic positioning. So to begin, have you you ever noticed that some narcissistic abusers have an uncanny ability to manipulate situations in their favor? You may have also noticed narcissistic abusers, whenever you try to walk away from them or from the from the community or from the web that they've created, uh, whether that is a family or on a larger scale, some type of society, uh, then ultimately there's going to be a difficulty doing so. And when you do try to cut them out, uh, there's going to be repercussions. There's going to be sort of a, a backlash, right? And this is very meticulous. And this is because mostly most notably because of narcissistic positioning. So narcissistic positioning is going to clarify why it is truly so hard to break ties and escape the web that narcissistic abusers create to trap their victims. Now let's discuss the how of narcissistic positioning. So we exist in a society, and that society has particular roles, sort of socially acceptable roles, right? So when we play these roles, according to society's expectations, uh, we are accepted, we're rewarded, and ultimately we are able to uh, survive. If we are going to uh, veer from this role, uh, ultimately if we're judged for not playing the role well, we have the potential to be rejected. So ultimately our survival is going to depend on being able to play these roles and uh, play them well in order to be socially accepted. Now, these roles are designed to contribute to society, and in exchange, we get uh, money, right? We get resources, and ultimately, we're able to uh, use those resources to survive. So, a narcissistic abuser is someone who is going to be opportunistic, and he'll be able to see these roles as as something that they can manipulate for personal gain. Uh, An example of this would be someone, let's say, who's addicted to power and control, will then position themselves by becoming, let's say, a spiritual leader of a community, and then they can ultimately manipulate innocent people who are expecting that someone who plays this role would have good intentions, but ultimately they, they do not. 
So the trust is given to the role uh, in assumption that the person playing that role is is trustworthy. And this is where a narcissistic abuser will position themselves, right? They'll come in and they'll be able to sort of manipulate this position to then garner attention, admiration, whatever addiction they have, power, control, and uh, use whatever resources they are, are given uh, to, to supply their addiction or, or supply their ego, uh, one that particularly feeds their, their specific, uh, specific addiction. Now, the role that they are going to be attracted to, that they're going to seek to manipulate, to position themselves, to ultimately exploit, will be one that is specific to their addiction. And there's going to be an, it's extremely intentional. A narcissistic abuser who is addicted to, let's say, shaming people may become a preacher who can then humiliate those who, who let's say, don't follow their idea of God, uh, and the, or they may become like a teacher of young kids if they're a sexual molester, to just put them in this position where they can sort of get away with their crimes without being noticed. And what they're able to do is spend years practicing this role, like to go to school, right, find mentors, and really perfectly uh, navigate their intentions and, and, and being able to manipulate this role to exploit, right? And once they have positioned themselves in these roles, uh, they become a fundamental bedrock of that community or that family or that situation, and it's nearly impossible to, to remove them. The incalculable damage that they do once they have positioned themselves as authorities and powerful figures it's ruined millions of lives throughout history, perhaps even billions, and these individuals exist in all walks of life. And there's really no position, I believe, on the planet that is free from the this type of perpetrator, from, from a narcissistic abuser uh, practicing narcissistic positioning. So let's take a micro scale, right? A narcissistic abuser uh, becomes a parent, right? There's sort of an ingrown position, role, of being the child's parent, right? The child is entirely dependent on the parent being being there and, and playing that role. So in essence, they have free access to groom their child to become as they wish them to be, which creates the ultimate, ultimate form of narcissistic supply with the ability to feed any emotional addiction they have. Uh, in this way, narcissistic abusers have children to support their addiction. Uh, and they see this position, which is extremely powerful position, uh, they see this position as a, a perfect opportunity to gain power, to gain control, and then, or, or maybe the addiction to causing pain or humiliating their child, uh, or bullying them into complete servitude. Now, just because someone is a parent, just because they have given birth to a child, does that mean, does not mean that they have any interest or intention of playing the parental role. So this is where the role differs from, from the actual person. So the child because they are so dependent, they're going to obviously be trusting and assume that the parent has the best interest, and they're going to come to the parent with the expectation that the parent is going to be the one to actually play the role of the parent. Now, a narcissistic parent, obviously being entirely self-serving, is going to use this opportunity to exploit the trust and innocence of the child for personal gain, and I think we can at least begin to imagine how devastating that is, how devastatingly damaged, damaging that is to a child's psyche, to their mental health, and how that's going to eventually wreak havoc on the child and eventual adult's intimate relationships. In addition, society lives under this pretense that parents have good intentions and that children know less and ultimately that they need to respect their elders. Society also has expectations of what a good parent is, so what it means to play the parental role. So as long as the narcissistic parent is able to play that role for society, they can really just fool anybody uh, in the public, and then behind closed doors, they can create an emotional, psychological, and spiritual holocaust for the child. And it would really be entirely undetectable and out of sight of anyone, and, and really this is how they get away with their horrific crimes. They make sure that everyone else is fooled, and ultimately that, uh, that the abuse is, is entirely hidden. So now let's get into the damaging effects of narcissistic positioning. 
So firstly, on a societal level, it, it puts the power of the future of humanity at risk because leaders are have very powerful positions and influence in the future of humanity. And ultimately, if they're corrupted, they can misguide many different people. So if a narcissistic abuser is hardworking enough and perseverant enough and uh, able to hide their true intentions for long enough, they can accumulate a ton of leverage in the form of power. And ultimately, they can misguide society, which causes countless people to, to be mis misled. It also causes the people to lose faith in leaders and lose trust in other good, meaning, and healthy leaders who are in a similar position elsewhere. So it sort of taints, uh, let's say uh, somebody's a corrupted doctor, it taints doctors everywhere, even if they aren't necessarily perpetrators. The next devastating effect is that it normalizes evil, since in essence leaders set the tone of what is normal. They sort of normalize things by, by being in a position of leadership, and therefore they have the ability uh, to, do, to, to really corrupt society and to make evil normal. Right? So when leadership is in the wrong hands, it truly has the ability to corrupt a society, and an evil and corrupted society eventually is, is a society that's sick and, and that breaks down. Furthermore, victims of such abuse, of, of narcissists who position themselves in powerful, powerful positions, are tremendously confused, uh, and often they feel deeply gaslit, which ultimately leads, in the, leads them to not trusting themselves. So as a result of this, they're going to feel lost, and very often they'll go to those very same leaders who gaslit them, who confuse them for clarity. They're going to go and try to get guidance and clarity and direction, and only, only creates further gaslighting, right? And this creates a vicious cycle where the victim becomes more and more dependent on their abusers and less free. In other words, they're more trauma-bonded, more easily exploited, and uh, ultimately more dependent. So if trust and faith are the bedrock of a healthy society, uh, the gaslighting that we experience by these leaders cause us to lose trust and ultimately faith in people, in ourselves, uh, in, in, in a higher self, in God, and ultimately that breaks down uh, it breaks down the belief we have in humanity and in, in each other. Uh, in essence, when we lose trust in roles and we lose the motivation to participate in a society that is exploiting these roles, since we don't know who's the good guy or the bad guy, we don't know who our friend is or who our foe, uh, who maybe has a secret intention to exploit, uh, it creates extreme distrust and that distrust creates disconnection. And that's really the core issue is disconnection, a society that is not connected, connected a society that doesn't trust. And if we're not sort of brought together through that trust, then eventually that, that uh, is a corrupted society and that eventually falls apart. Now, when this happens in families, right, on the micro, the damage is extremely profound. What we start to do is we start to pedestal and worship our narcissistic parent, and we make them the center of our existence. We, in essence, become willful participants in our own demise. Obviously, a child entirely innocent, uh, like we mentioned before, is buying into the, the lie that the parent has their best interest and is fully trusting in the parent. And they, and they sort of have to be to, to survive. But what happens is that we become self-avoidant and we focus our entire existence on the abusing parent, and we really never have the ability to focus on ourselves and nurture ourselves and ultimately develop a sense of self. And this sadly does not end after childhood because we develop these patterns in childhood, which we then take into adulthood. We take these patterns of self-avoidance and people-pleasing uh, into adulthood, and we usually attract narcissistic partners and uh, we enter into, let's say, narcissistic communities with narcissistic leaders where we do the same thing. We worship them, we pedestal them the very same way that we did to our narcissistic parent early on, and that ultimately attracts more and more exploitation. Now let's talk about how to deal with people who position themselves in this way. Uh, what do we do if we have identified that 
uh, we see the signs that someone has narcissistically positioned themselves, and obviously because it's so covert and subtle and not everyone sees it, it's impossible to call it out. If you do call it out, you'll probably be called crazy. What do you do in, if you're in that position? So my first suggestion is learn how to think for yourself. Uh, when we follow leaders who are, let's say, they exude confidence and they have a certain aura of authority, um, very often they, they are deserving of that. But if we do follow leaders and we don't necessarily check in with how we feel or how we think, uh, we are in essence setting ourselves up for, for potentially being exploited. And we can never really claim innocence because, oh, okay, I, I trusted a leader and they're the problem and they misled because ultimately we are the ones who, who, who trusted them. So we have free choice and we have, there's consequences for our choices. So it's so important to question leadership and don't just accept the truth because somebody else just told it to you. Think for yourself, use common sense, tap into your intuition and learn how to sort of be your own leader. And that leads to the second uh, tip here and that's learn how to self-lead. It's so important to understand and realize that you are a leader. Even if you are a technically a follower, you're someone who follows the crowd or someone who just allows people to lead them, at the end of the day, every single person has the ability, but I would say responsibility, to be their own leader. It's sort of step into your inner leader, uh, so to speak. Everyone has the ability to nurture the leader within and realize that everyone is their own leader on some level. So it's so important to not just give away this power for other people to lead, because at the end of the day, uh, if we're not trusting ourselves, if we're not leading ourselves, and we just allow other people to lead us, uh, technically they may not have our best interests. And even if they do have our best interests, at the end of the day, they can't be the only one who leads. We have to be our own leader. My next tip is not to trust a role. Don't just trust a role because someone's uh, claims to play that role. Uh, power is something that is earned and it's earned daily. It's not th something given once and then ultimately never challenged. And a true leader understands and understands this and he's never gonna just play that role. He or she will never just trust the role to, to, to as their authority. Uh, they're gonna wanna become someone who is worthy of that power. So to lead healthily is to lead by example, and it's to lead because you are becoming the very person who is worthy of leading. It's to lead with compassion, self-awareness, humility, integrity, and it's where you walk the walk and talk the talk and, and not, just, uh, not just use that position to, to uh, garner fear or control. To lead narcissistically is the opposite. It's to control, it's to manipulate, and it's to use that position as, as leverage. Uh, and this is most notably seen in, in fraudulent leaders who... Their actions will not match their, their words, and ultimately because many instances we cannot see their actions, so they're very easily able to deceive many people, uh, but they do not practice what they preach, and ultimately they, can, they, can, they certainly don't uh, talk the talk or walk the walk. So to finish off, you know, so many of us feel lost, we feel confused, uh, we're looking for leaders. I, th I would say that this generation is starving for some sort of guidance, and we don't really trust leadership. Uh, we have very little trust in the leaders that exist today and our politicians and our, in our government, you know, people who claim to be leaders. And as a result of that, we are a society that's fundamentally breaking down. It's fundamentally narcissistic, if you ask me. So and, and the, our lack of trust for the higher ups is probably for very good reason. There's a ton of gaslighting going on. And ultimately, uh, it's very hard to trust people because, yes, they'll look one way, they'll say one thing, and then you'll see that they'll sort of bait and switch and they won't necessarily be true to the word. So the antidote is to find the leader within. Uh, sort of find the, the inner parent or the inner healer or the, the God within, which in essence is like a light out of the darkness of your own darkness. So when we, when we do tap into the light that's inwardly, that we all have, right? 
when we uh, nurture the inner, inner, the, the inner leader, when we trust that light, let's say we trust our intuition and we let ourselves be, be, be self-guided, once you do that, you're able to guide yourself in a way, uh, in a much better position to where you can actually make decisions for yourself from a place of confidence, from a place of awareness, one, and build a life that is based on who you are as opposed to allowing somebody else to do that for you, and they, they simply cannot. When this is the case, you're also in a much better position to lead others because you can also ignite their leader within. So if you know how to ignite the leader within you, you can then help somebody else get in touch with their own inner leader, so to speak, and ultimately create more leaders as, as opposed to create more followers and more, more dependents. And you know, when we talk about the expression, you know, trust yourself, uh, it's really what we're saying is because you are, the, you are the only person who you know yourself better than anybody else. You know how you feel, you know what you've gone through, and ultimately you are the only true leader of your own life. So no, no one really knows exactly what you've gone through, and, and while that might feel lonely and you want someone else to understand and see your pain, at the end of the day, no one really does. So therefore, you need to get in touch, and you have a responsibility to get in touch with who you are, understand that this is not, not something anybody else can do. Never give that power away to anybody else to do it. And when you do that, when you get to know who you are, get to know how you feel, get to know your needs, get to become more self-aware and ultimately self-accepting self and, and, and self-loving, from that position of uh, power, you are then able to lead yourself and lead by example, and ultimately people will be attracted to you, not because they can then lean on you and pawn off responsibility of leadership to you, but ultimately because you tap in to the fact that they have an, a leader within and then you can help nurture their leader within, which then ultimately creates a world where we're not just looking up to leadership, which can set us up for gaslighting and narcissistic abuse, but rather we are all self-led, which brings confidence, which brings peace, and ultimately gives us back our power to choose and make choices and then build a life around who we truly are. So I really hope this podcast episode resonated with you and brought some awareness as to the way roles can be exploited. And, and this is sort of a dark truth that, that really needs to be faced because at the end of the day, we give people authority based on, let's say, the degree they have or let's say the, the letters after their name or let's say somebody who has earned a position of power. We don't check that power. We don't continually to check in to say, hey, are they continuously growing? Are they continuously proving that they are worthy of that position, of that authority, of that power? And if not, then ultimately many people who, let's say in the beginning, are well-meaning can eventually turn dark. And because we've already trusted them and we haven't checked in with our own intuition, then we get misguided and misled. So thank you all very much for listening to this podcast episode today. And until next time, all the best. <laughs>